0: salad uh, for a preacher, and so I'm going to do my very best this evening uh, to keep it uh, 10 minutes. We're going to talk about three different aspects tonight. You will find out the first will be community, uh, and then you'll hear about evangelism, and then finally we'll end with prayer. Um, and so my, my task this evening is community. Do me a favor, can you say community? community. Come on, can you say community on this side? Uh, I'm going to read a very short passage of scripture out of Hebrews uh, chapter 10. But I want to talk to you tonight about why church community uh, is very, very, very important. Um, I'm a firm believer uh, in the ritual attendance of church. I'm a firm believer that if you are a teenager or you have a teenager in your home, uh, that they are here. If you have a kid, uh, a student, a child in your home, uh, that church is a priority, amen, in their lives. Uh, And the greatest thing that we can do as parents uh, is make sure our kids know that church is a priority. Uh, They are going to follow our example Uh, And I've recently become a father in the last couple years, uh, which is awesome. It's incredible. uh, And you learn a lot along the way. But uh, the the greatest thing that I can do for my daughter, the greatest thing that I can do for my son is to show them, first, they need to have a relationship with Jesus. They need to love Jesus. But second, they need to love the church. And a lot of people have turned their back on the church. And I think some of the reasons because we haven't done a good enough job, sometimes as parents or as leaders or even as pastors, to show that the church is a safe place. That church is a place where they will feel loved and they will feel welcomed. They will feel cared about. That's our job. That is our responsibility. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, starting in verse 22. I'm going to read out of the message version. It says this, so let's do this full of belief, confident that we are presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. How many of you are thankful that God always keeps his word? He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging Love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the day approaching. I love that as a youth pastor, when, you, when the word of God says, let's think of creative ways to love people. Let's think of outside of the box ways to love people. Let's think of outside of the box ways to develop people. Man, as a church, we have, we have small groups, which are essentially community groups. And if you're not a part of one, man, that's, that's in our language that you do need to part, be a part of one. If you're a student, if you're a child, if you're a parent, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a grandma, if you're a grandpa, it is so important and so vital for you to be a part of the group because we believe, man, as a church, that life is better lived out in community. Would you agree with that statement? Some of you are like, no. Yes, it is. I'm going to talk to you tonight about three reasons why the church community is so important. The definition of community is, is simple. It says a group of people with something in common. All of us, we are here tonight. We are a community of people because we are here, and we are here for one reason, and we have that in common. And so I'm just a firm believer where two or three are gathered that Jesus is here, and Jesus is moving, and Jesus will move. Amen? Number one, if, you, if you're taking notes, if not, it's okay. Number one, three reasons why church community is so important is because we're called to be obedient. Obedience is key. As a parent, my daughter's three, uh, she's almost three going on 13. And it's amazing how just a few months, the attitude that changes real quick. And, uh, we're trying to teach her the concept of obedience, trying to show her what the importance of obedience is and when you need to do something when you're asked, and it doesn't always work out great. But we've all, uh, we all are obedient to somebody in our lives, whether it be parents if you're a student in here, whether it be teachers if you're a student in here, whether it be a boss if you are, are an employee in here, whether it's your wife if you're a man in here, amen. We know. But we're all called to be obedient in some way or another to man. We're called to be obedient in some facet, some area of life. But why is it so hard for us to be obedient to Jesus? Why is it so difficult for us? When we talk about community, when we talk about church, when we talk about Wednesday nights and Sunday nights and small groups and all these different avenues, people are like, victory does a whole lot. Yes, because we believe uh, that interest, whatever sparks somebody's interest is what's going to bring them into the kingdom of God. And the more people that are in the kingdom of God, the more people we're taking to heaven with us. That's our goal as a a church, to know Christ and to make him known. So we're going to do whatever it takes to make him known. Obedience is key. I believe God longs for us to have a personal relationship with him, but I believe he also longs for us to have a congregational relationship with him as well. When we come together and we worship, when we come together when we hear a word, when we come together and pray for one another, what's going to happen tonight is going to be incredible. It's important, it's powerful when Christians come together and believe and worship and encourage because you don't know what somebody's going to face when they walk outside these doors. You don't know what's going to happen to them at their workplace this week. Students, you don't know what's going to happen to your friend when you walk onto your campus tomorrow morning. I just depressed a lot of you. You're like, school, tomorrow, it's not summer. Parents, you're thankful, I get it. Obedience. Obedience. It's key. Number two, got to hurry. I told you. The second reason church community is so important is so that we position ourselves where we have the greatest potential to encounter Jesus with other people. It's important for us to position ourselves in a place where we have an opportunity, the greatest opportunity to encounter Jesus with other believers. This brings me back to one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible where the woman who had an issue of blood. How many of you know that story? If not, open up in the New Testament, it's there. It's a great story. But she had tried everything, the Bible says. She has spent every last penny that she had. I think it's so funny, and, and, and it's a perfect depiction of us sometimes as Christians, that we have these problems or we have these issues, and we run to everybody else. We try everything else, but why is it so difficult for us just to run to God first? We have to position ourselves in a place to receive all that we can possibly receive from Jesus. You see, this woman positioned herself in this crowd. She knew Jesus was coming. She positioned herself in a place where if she could just touch him, she would receive everything that she could ever need. Church, parents, students, it's our responsibility to position ourselves in a place to receive all that God has for you. Church cannot be an optional thing. I'm so thankful that church was mandatory. Even when I didn't like it, It was when I didn't like it that I needed it the most. Sometimes we don't feel like doing certain things. Can I encourage you that your relationship with God can never be based upon feelings. It's got to be based upon faith. It's got to be based upon the word of God and his promise. We just sang it. His promise still stands. He's faithful till the end. I know it's difficult. I know you may be in a dry season. I I know some of you are like, this is the beginning of a new school year. I don't know. I'm making new friends. I don't know anybody. I'm at a new school. Trust that God goes before you everywhere you go. Some of you are like, I have a student in high school now. What do I do? I have a student in middle school now. You don't know what to do? It's not trying to Google what Dr. Phil says, how to raise a teenager. Open up the word of God and see what the word of God says on how to raise your child. Sorry. So what are some practical things that we can do? to get Jesus' attention this year? What are some practical things that we can do, you as a student, you as a mom, and as a dad, and as a grandma, what are some practical things that you can do to position yourself to receive what God has for you? Trust me, I'm not saying you have to come to Jesus to experience God. You don't have to come to church to experience God. God can move wherever and whenever he wants. I believe it. But I believe expectation is is the breeding ground for miracles, And so the moment we come on a Sunday, the moment you come on a Sunday night, the moment you come on a Wednesday night, the moment you go to a small group, you know what you're saying to God? God, I am positioning myself in a place that I can grow in you. I'm positioning myself in a way that I can receive all that you have for me. I'm not going to stay home. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm going to come and position myself in a place where I can worship you, where I can learn about you, and where I can fellowship with some believers. That's our responsibility. Number three, last but not least, is this. It's to show others that we value church. Parents, the most important thing I told you earlier you can do is show your kids how to love Jesus and then how to love the church. I pray all the time for my kids, God, that they would love you first and that they would love the church. I'm tired of students turning their back on the church. Tired of young people when they graduate high school running away from God. How many of you understand when students graduate high school, they need to run to God more than ever? Watch the news. Our world is hurting. Our world is broken. And our world needs the church. Our world needs Jesus. I believe our faithfulness to the local church will always show how strong our relationship with God is. Some of you are like, I can go to church and I cannot go to church and be a Christian. Sure. But the word of God says, don't forsake the gathering of believers. I could say this if I say, I love my wife but I'm going to choose not to spend any time with her. I'm not going to go out of my way and do something for her. Well, that doesn't show that I love her and that I value her and I want a deeper relationship with her. It's the same with the church. Man, cut time out of your day. Can I encourage you that sports is not more important than church? The extracurricular activities are not more important than church. That overtime is not more important than church. I believe God honors our faithfulness to the local church. My wife, I'm going to end with this because i got to be done. My wife, she's obsessed with essential oils. Any essential oil people in the house? Okay, I'm going to preach to this side. Not yet. You'll get it. It's it's catching on. It's a new fad. But my wife, these essential oils that she has, if you don't know what they are, they're like essential oils that heal you. I don't know. It's stuff. Talk to her afterwards. Um, But there's these oils and... uh, At first, I'm like, I was like, I have a headache. I'm like, she's like, here, try some peppermint. Oh, agreed. (laughs) We got amens in the house now. Preach it. And she's like, just put some, you know, on on the side of your head and down the back of your neck. I said, I'll take some Tylenol. I'm going all right. (laughs) She's like, no, I promise. I'm like, no, I promise. I'm going to take some Tylenol because that's what it says to do on the bottle of Tylenol. Uh, I'm going to take one more than they always prescribe. You always just take one more because you want it gone fast. And so eventually after a few months, after some financial investment that was made uh, and the nonstop talking about it, her whole family is all involved in it. They love it. And uh, I had a headache again. I finally gave in. Man, she was passionate about these things. I finally gave in. I had a really bad headache one time and she's like, peppermint. I'm like, okay, you win. So I put it on and you just smell peppermint. And I kid you not, in about five minutes, my headache was completely gone. you need some oils i'm sure she's selling after church you would be okay but i kid you not it was completely gone but it was because of my wife's passion for something that sparked a passion inside of my life to experience exactly what she was experiencing even though it was something as silly as oils but i am a massive fan of now i got a headache i'm carrying peppermint around everywhere with me but can i tell you this God has called you to be passionate about the church, and when you're passionate about the church, I promise when you're so passionate about it, it's going to spill over into every single person that you encounter, every single person that you come in contact with. Man, when you're passionate about Jesus and what he's doing and what he's doing in your life, I promise you people will take notice. Show your investment into something. Show your investment in the local church and watch Jesus begin to move on your campus students. We're praying for campuses. We're believing for entire campuses to come to know God this coming school year. That's our heart this year. That's where our focus is. But parents, we're, you're in the workplace. I believe, man, you show importance. Someone wants you to hang out this weekend. Go, I got church this weekend, baby. You can come with me. And I believe your passion for Jesus, your passion for community with the local church will spill over into every single person that you encounter. Amen. I've asked a student, Arturo, he's gonna come pray uh, tonight and we're gonna have different students come pray at different points, but he's just gonna seal uh, just kind of this, this first point. Uh, he's gonna pray over students. He's gonna pray over parents. I know you're really nervous right now. I know you're gonna be just fine. You even may read it, uh, but I believe uh, Arturo's doing something incredible. He's helping lead our, our high school guys Bible study that if you don't know, there's about 40 to 50 high school guys meeting every single week to study the word of God. That's not normal. That doesn't happen. But God's doing it, and God is faithful. Do me a favor. Bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with us real quick.
1: Um, God, I pray that tonight we commit to you. God, I pray that we follow you in your steps. God, you have committed to us in our lives by shaking, changing, pushing, and moving us around, my God, around for the better. And we want to have other people commit to you, my God. We will bring this sheep back to you, my God, because you are a shepherd. This year, we're going to encounter you, my God, at our campuses, at our churches, at our communities, everywhere we go, my God. Because of you, we have our lives changed, and we want to change the lives of the others. My God, I know this year we're going to encounter you, Jesus, through a whole. This community is going to change, whether it is in Lakeland, whether it is at our school campuses, everywhere, my God. We will find you in your precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Come on, give it up for him tonight. Amen. Good prayer.
1: Well, hey, Chuck, you doing all right tonight? Oh, yeah, doing pretty good. Pretty good. Where the heck are we? We're at our back-to-school prayer service. Last week, all the students moved up to their new grades in school. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. What, me? Yeah. You graduated kindergarten. Finally. No, what? No, I didn't graduate kindergarten. I'm sorry. Why? You failed kindergarten. (laughs) Must have been the toddy training. No, and it's not. (laughs) Well, tonight, Chuck, we are going to be talking about evangelism. Evangel, what? Evangelism. E. coli. What? No, not E. coli. You better wash your hands. No, stop. No, here, sound it up. E. E. Van. Van. Gel. Gel. Ism. Ism evangelism, essential oils. (laughs) No. Anyways, evangelism is something that I think sometimes scares a lot of Christians, but it's really something really, really cool. And it really, the word evangelism means sharing the good news. I got some good news. You do? Yeah, I just saved a ton of money as I switched my car insurance. No, stop. Stop. (laughs) That's not the good news we're talking about. What, is the Nick Ridd back at McDonald's? Tester Blackthorn, did you hear that? No, the McRib is not black. It's not back. I'm sorry. False alarm. Stop. No, evangelism means that we're sharing the good news about that Jesus came to give us new life. Oh, that's pretty cool. But I'm going to put you back in the suitcase for a little bit. I don't want to go in the suitcase, but we have to. I don't want to. Why not? It's dark. It's scary. Yeah, well, it's, it's not scary. There's no internet. I know, but... There's no Netflix. no. This guy knows what I'm talking about. No, stop. We're going to put you back in here. I don't want to. I can help. No, we're going to put you in here. Evangelism. See, I can see it. No, stop. We're going to put it in. Sorry about that. Evangelist, Stop. Crazy duck. In the book of Mark, Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and preach... The good news, euangelion. It's the word that we get gospel from, but it means good news. And the Romans used the the word gospel, euangelion. It really meant too good to be true news. They rarely used it because it was only for that thing that was nearly too good to be true. Now, I want you to think about it, because I, like I said, sometimes we get scared about evangelism. Oh, I'm scared to share my faith. I'm scared to... But just think about it like this. We are sharing good news. Think about other things that you're excited about, right? What are good things that you share? Maybe you get something for Christmas, and you're like, oh my goodness, you guys got to check out this video game. You really need it. You need it. You need it. And you get your... It's as easy... For you to share it because it's such good news to you, right? And you want to share that joy with others. Maybe some of the older people in the room, think about if someone asks you, hey, uh, you got a, a restaurant that you recommend? Oh, yes, you have to check out this place. It's a little hole in the wall down the corner, but man, they make the best barbecue. And it's easy for you to get excited and share about what that is because you want to share that joy with others. Why is it any different When we have the greatest news of all, that Jesus came to give us new life. Now sometimes uh, we make it into a big thing and well, I don't know maybe how to lead them to Christ. And sometimes we do get opportunities to lead people to Christ. But we can take small opportunities as well to share good news, to share encouragement, to plant seeds of hope that Jesus gives us. And uh, the Apostle Peter wrote in, in his book, 1 Peter, uh, he wrote, Set apart Christ in your hearts as Lord. And always be ready to give an answer for the reason of the hope that you have. And do this in gentleness and respect. I want to share, you, share with you a personal story of mine about how 30 seconds in an elevator... That God could use that to change an entire family and a community. One time I was visiting a family in the hospital and uh, just doing a a visit. They had someone in there. And and as I was leaving that visit, I got in the elevator and I went down from the second floor to the first floor. And as I got in the elevator, this this gentleman came and said, Oh, can you hold that for me? And he runs and he gets in as well. And he looked exhausted. So we hit the first floor and I just felt like God wanted me to say something, and so I just said, looks like you could use a coffee. That's all I said. And he goes, oh, you have no idea. And that sparked a conversation, just a short conversation from the second floor to the first floor and then through the lobby. Short conversation, he was in there because his wife was giving birth to their second son, and, and he started talking about how his life was a mess, and he said, why do you seem so happy? And I said, well, it's because Jesus has done great things in my life, and I'm excited for the new life that he's given me. And I invited him to come and join me at church, and maybe we could go out to coffee. And that was the conversation, less than five minutes. One week later, he shows up at church, and I'm teaching the kids, and at the end, he runs in there, hey, 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 you remember me? I said, yeah, Juan, I remember you. And uh, he got to talking. and he said, well, I decided to come and check out your church, and uh, maybe we can grab some coffee. And I said, that would be great. We went out that week. Turns out, he had been struggling. His life was a mess. He was addicted to drugs. He couldn't keep a job. He now was on his second child, and and their life was turned upside down. But he said, you have something that we need. So I said, well, let's go out to coffee. We need to talk. We went out, and just a long story short, he started to come into church with us. I started meeting with him regularly. He gave his life to Christ. A little later, his family started coming. And through the years, both of his boys grew up in our kids' ministry. They gave their life to Christ. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. His oldest son was called into ministry and started helping us. We started training him for ministry at a young age. His wife started leading in the worship team. And he started feeling a call to preach. And so through the church, he started getting into the uh, training and different things we had, got licensed as a minister. He began to be a part of the preaching team at one of our campuses. And then he started leading outreaches to the very community that he was struggling with, drug addiction and things like that. And he was leading entire outreaches over and over again, became an outreach pastor uh, through that. Thirty seconds in an elevator that it would have been so easy to just been like, mm, I don't need to say anything. But God put that in my heart, and I just spoke something, coffee, something that I love To just share. And through that, it sparked a conversation. And through that, God used that to change lives. And I want to encourage you, tomorrow at school, tomorrow at work, tomorrow at Walmart. You know, you have, if you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So if you go to school, where's God at? If you go to to work, where's he at? If you go to Walmart, where's he at? Hard to believe, but yeah, he's at Walmart. (laughs) But God wants to use you. To plant seeds of hope because this world desperately needs hope. And you have the true hope the hope that Jesus came to give new life. Catherine's going to come. She's one of our students. And she's going to pray over us that God will use us this school year to share the love of Jesus.
2: Dear Jesus, I pray that this school year goes good. And, um, that the kids that don't have school will get a great ed- education and as a great education that we have. And um, that school goes great, even though we all go to a different school, school will be awesome. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Katherine. Great job. It's wonderful. So what do we
3: learn? We have learned that uh, as students and parents, we need to remain connected to church. It's the fueling station. You're a college student and you're leaving town, find a church there, find it somewhere. We've also learned the power of evangelism, telling others about Jesus can start with nothing more than you need a coffee. Now, you wouldn't say that necessarily to a middle schooler, but there are circumstances you could say we've also learned there's something better than Tylenol, and it's some kind of miracle peppermint oil or something. <laughs> so it's really unbelievable to point Jonah. How many remember Jonah? The story of Jonah. What happened with Jonah? Anybody sing it out? He's swallowed by what? How many say he's swallowed by whale? May I see your hand? All right, come on. I want one more time. How many say Jonah swallowed by whale? Get your hand up. Not. Do you know what the Bible says in Jonah 1? Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. That's what the Bible says. Does it say a well. We assume a well, don't we? Jonah swallowed by a whale. We figure that's about it. But, but the Bible said Jonah swallowed by a big fish. Why? Jonah was a smart aleck. Jonah, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't get his attention. He was in prayer. God told him, I want you to go to Nineveh. Remember that? Nineveh. Now, where's Nineveh? Modern day Nineveh is you've heard Mosul there in Iraq. The city of Mosul right now which is a place where they conquered Mosul again. That's where Nineveh was. That's the modern day city. But well, what did he do? He, uh, he jumped on a boat and went down to Spain because he went as far away from God as he could. God couldn't get his attention. He was smug and, uh, and it was like, I don't need God, I don't need Jehovah, I'm a Hebrew, and I really don't believe, you know, I don't believe in prayer, I don't believe in church, I don't believe, you know, in evangelism. I just want to be me, I just want to be left alone. So he took off. <clears throat> well, you see, here's a beautiful thing, it doesn't matter where you're at, God knows right where you're at. And in you, all of you, every student, there's something in you that's called the Spirit of God. That God has a GPS system with you wherever you are. Now here's something important. When he just blew it, big storm came up. We know the story. They went to him. They began to cry out to their God, all the sailors on the boat. They went to Jonah said, said, what's up with you? Are you crying out to your God? He said, well, the problem is me. I'm in big trouble. Well, what are we going to do with you? He said, throw me overboard. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any, I don't believe in church, I don't believe in prayer anymore, don't believe God spoke to me. Well, I mean, This whole thing is just a bunch of you know, nothing. So just throw me overboard in my life. Well, they didn't want to do that. The Bible said they continued to row trying not to do that, but eventually it got to the place that they said, okay, you asked for it. How many know sometimes you just have to give somebody what they asked for? You know, peppermint. <laughs> so they threw him overboard, and a big fish was there. Now, I want to show you something extremely important. In the belly of the fish, Jonah prayed a prayer that was unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine? Look at this rib cage in here. This is amazing. Inside that fish, he calls out to God. He repents, and he says, I will honor you. I will bless you. You have my attention. Why? What's he doing now? Praying. Praying. How many believe prayer works? Yes. Say it with me. Prayer works. Yes. I have in my pocket a $100 bill. Here it is. It's right here. It's a real $100 bill. It's right here. I'm going to show you something. You see this $100 bill? You're young. You see this $100 bill? Look real to you? Hold it up for light. Fake it. There you go, it's not a fake, look real, didn't you think $100 is real? Okay, if that $100 is real, and it is. How many believe you can take it to your local 7-Eleven and they'll take that $100 bill? You believe that? Trust some people, some people I don't. <laughs> you see that $100 bill? You think that thing would spend? You think you could take down the McDonald's and spend it and they'd take it? You could buy a whole lot of fries. Be sure they're hot. You think if you took that $100 bill? Yeah. Why? What, how do you? You ever had a $100 bill in your hand? Well, hold that one. Okay. That's good. You like that? It's good. Now you say, you held it. Well, then, well, here's my point. Here it is. We believe that we could take this $100 bill, give it to any merchant, and they would take it because it's real money. Here's the important value, the power of Prayer is the same as what I hold in my hand prayer is something that really really works as this hundred dollar can buy a commodity your prayer has an audience with God Winston Churchill he stood uh, before Oxford University he uh, his his his, uh, his his props were a cigar a top hat and a cane Winston Churchill happened to be the individual that helped Great Britain beat the Nazis, Nazi Germany. Germany. But they asked him to come to Oxford University and to give a speech. He got up, had his, get this now, had his top hat, had his cane, and his cigar. So he walks up to the podium there, takes a cigar, puts it down. He's the the speaker of the day. The most brilliant students in the world there, Oxford University. Takes his top hat, puts it down, takes his cane, puts it down, and this is what he said. He had a gruff, Don't give up. Okay. He paused. He said, Don't give up. He paused. He waited, don't give up, took his top hat, took his cane, took his, I don't know how you hold a cigar, (laughs) maybe this way, and walked off the stage. That was his speech. That was everything he needed to say, just don't give up. You're going to face conflict, don't give up. As a student, as a mom and a dad, don't give up on prayer. It is a commodity that God has given you that works. Whisper it in the name of Jesus. The power of prayer. Pray over your kids. Don't just give them a hug and a kiss and a slap on the patoot. Say, we're going to pray before you go off to school. We're going to believe that God's hand will rest upon you. We're going to pray with them and say, hey, you be sure and you pray today. And if one of your brothers or one of your students, fellow students, and they need, you just whisper a prayer over them. Prayer works, why, because it 's like that hundred dollar bill it 's a commodity that is expendable and it works, and when you pray, God hears. but let me tell you what the problem is. There was a university that did a test. they took a big poster, and they drew three lines: a line about this far, a line about this far, and a line about this far. In other words, the top line was the longest, second line was next to the longest. And the bottom line was the last. The problem is, in the university setting, here's what they did. They told nine of the students, when the teacher points to the second longest line, and when he says, how many of you say this line is the longest line? When I ask that question and point to that second longest line, and I say, how many believe this is the longest line? nine of you, raise your hand. There was one student he didn't tell. So they're there. Takes the post aboard. Line, line, line. And he says, how many of you students say that this line is the longest line The very top one. How many say this is the longest line? Now, now have been coached that the second line is the longest. Little boy, who wasn't in on the trick, raised his hand. He looked around. No one else raised their hand. Here's what they found they did from from elementary all the way through high school that the students in every test had rather go with a group than to stand alone and be right. Every single time more than 75% of them even though they were right because the others jerked their hand down or did not raise their hand, they pull their hand down. Now here's what's going to happen. What your fellow students and what many of the schools don't know is you're anointed of God. You're going to walk in there, and there may be times that you feel like you're all alone, but you're not. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not only that, you're going to remember, we're going to anoint you with oil, and there is an anointing that's going to be on your life. And not only that, you're going to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ, walking into the midst of challenging situations. And here's what I know. When somebody asks you, do you believe that God is real? You can say with absolute affirmation, I believe that he is real. And you don't have to go with a culture. You don't have to go with a group. You can say, I know in whom I believe, and you can pray and see God's face, and God will help you every single time. That's the power of prayer. Just like this $100 bill is real, prayer is real. You've never held a $100 bill? That's yours. That's your $100 bill now. You can spend it anywhere you want to. Be sure you tithe on it. That's $11. There's a carrying charge. (laughs) How many understand that? So finally, we wrap up and we're in the time of prayer. Community, connect. Evangelism, share your faith. Prayer, it works. Winston Churchill said, don't give up. I say to you, don't give up. Believe in the power of prayer and watch what God will do. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to ask God to minister in a very special way. And just as Samuel and others were anointed and dedicated to God, we're going to pray over every child. We're going to ask that mom and dad and a child is in front. If you have a passel of children, put them in front of you. We don't care how many you have, if you have, a if you're a caregiver. Uh, we just want, and the parents behind, leaning against the wall all the way around. Matter of fact, you can start up here on the platform and go, because we will need to. You can go from up here all the way down the stairs, all the way around the building, all the way up to here. It doesn't matter. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take oil, just anointing oil right here, and we're going to anoint. And We're going to ask all our leadership to come and you'll have a bottle of oil. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Anoint them and pray what I'm going to pray. God, protect them, lead them, and guide them in Jesus' name. Okay you're not as leaders we're not trying to cast the devil out of anybody okay we're just trying to anoint them and we leave the rest up to God and then as uh, parents and students line up around the walls we're going to ask leadership to just get the oil and anoint them and then after that we're going to ask all our church administrators, teachers, parents, teachers, aides, uh, 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 administrative assistants, all those individuals to come. And we're going to have the students pray over them. So we're going to have a little music here. Go ahead and get up and go ahead and position yourself around. Leadership, come. Get some oil and just go right down the line to every student has been anointed. Can we do that? And here it is, the leadership. You're going to walk right down the line, Okay not going to do it up here in the front so you're going to get out in the group your leaders listen to me you're going to get out in the group and you're going to go so go ahead and line up all right all the way around the wall we got plenty of room all right up around the platform you get up here we'll anoint you here if it gets jumbled up come on up here we got plenty of room we got plenty of room back there and over here over here we'll get to you as soon as your child has been anointed you're welcome to retake your seat okay here you go okay Cooper, you and Mark, go ahead and get the oil. Please, let's move. You might ask, uh, well, what is just one anointing? Just touching them and anointing them. Let me tell you how powerful, more powerful. If you take a cup of gasoline, don't do this, and take one match, strike it and it hits that gasoline here's what's going to happen you're going to have a fire just one little match unless that match has been hit with friction it's just a match the minute friction hits it it lights up but it has to have a source to burn and when it hits that gasoline it explodes oil is just oil until it hits the forehead of those children and then the anointing of God rests over them and creates a power. That's how important that is. Let's get our worship team up here and we're going to get our administrators. If you're a school administrator, if you're a teacher, if you're an a administrative assistant, if you're whatever you are in whatever school, just please come. You guys come here and be a Be a part of it and just stand right here in the front. Can you do that? All our teachers, our administrators, and public and private, and doesn't matter if you're a homeschool teacher, come on down. If you're involved in education, please come on down. All right? Please, just gather here. Listen up, students. You students, listen up. Some of you are not listening. Listen up. When all these people get down here, I'm going to ask you students to come and pray over these teachers can you do that just ask god's anointing and blessing upon them squeeze on in here everybody. There's a lot of room right here we have a whole lot of room so right here so so now seeing we got a crowd now I want every student if you can to get up you guys come in here and you students come and i want you to pray over these teachers okay i want you to touch some of you to at least touch them and pray whisper prayer if it's your teacher it's great if it's not Uh, Pray that God will touch them. So get in and around all the teachers. Some of you get up here We got a lot of teachers here a lot of administrators So students make your way in to be certain that every teacher has got somebody praying with them boy Look at all these wonderful students coming down here. So here we go We're just going to pray now over that go ahead and get with them. All right, here we go All right get students here Glenn get many of the students on down in the front here but we can get you through make a way where there is no way you students get in here okay now pray ask a pray over everyone students pray over every teacher i need students over here okay some of the teachers are over here some of these are the meanest teachers that we have so we need some of the we need some of the students over here praying for these teachers as well okay so get with them all right young people You children, get on in here, pray, all right? Now, let's begin to pray. The worship team is coming, and we're getting ready. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord, these people are called of God. The Bible says as teachers, they are anointed to deliver the information that they have studied. We thank you because because of them, our generation of people and our culture is not lame, and they're not ignorant. They are educated. They learn how to survive in culture. And Lord, these teachers, as you were, Lord Jesus, a great teacher, we pray you would protect them. We pray with the students that come into their classrooms, some will come from broken homes and broken families. Some will come in from from a situation where there's been a fight. Some will come in where there's no church. Some will come in, God, and they're hurting and dabbling in things that they shouldn't. And that teacher, that teacher that's in this room right now will be able to discern what's going on and be a light in the midst, in many cases, of that darkness. Let them understand as they love children and love students and then love you. God some great and mighty things will take place I pray God that this year will be the best year that every teacher and every school administrator and every person in the educational system this year will be the best year it'll be a phenomenal year it'll be a year in which when it's over God in a matter of maybe 178 or 75 days God that they'll look back and say wow how good was God to me in my class and in my school and the job and responsibilities Lord we are asking you for that we know that at Victory Christian Academy that we do it not because we just want to educate but we want to change the lives of students in Jesus name and to share the gospel of our Lord and Savior God we claim that promise and we declare it over every single one in Jesus name sit with me in Jesus name in Jesus name all you teachers out there, just kind of raise your hand. If you're a teacher, you admit, just get your hands up right there. Father, you see these hands of surrender. Give wisdom. Give anointing. Give guidance. Give them what they don't have in any particular situation so that you can be honored. For it is your honor and your glory we pray for. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. We're going to go out celebrating. Come on, get your hands together. Come on, let's sing it out tonight. Waking up, here we go. Waking up knowing there's a reason All my dreams come alive Life is for living with you made my decision, you lift me up, you lift me up, fill my eyes with wonder, forever young in your love, this freedom's entainted, with you, the moment is wasted, come on church, let's go out and declare it tonight, here we go, see the sun now bursting through the clouds, i
3: Just kind of go down the line and tell us who you are. These are many of the students who are in the student worship band. And, and how many more are there the other? Uh, like about, 30, 30. about 30 or 30 or 31, so I'd be 30 and a half on average. <laughs> so we got to go So why don't we start here? Go right, right down the line and go down to the end there. Hi,
2: I'm Alex Barrow. Yeah. Where do you go to school? Lakeland Christian:
3: Okay. What was your name again?:
2: Alex Barrow.
3: Okay. That's good. You. What's
1: up? I'm Johnny Barrow, and I'll be attending Polk State this year. Woo! There you go. I'm Arden Carlisle, I attend school here. You where? I attend school at Victory.
3: And how old are you now? How old are you now?
1: I'm thirteen. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Keep it that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm
3: Carmen West. Can you hear? No, it's not on.
1: I'm Carmen West, and I go to McKeel. Yeah.
3: Do you really? Who are you, baby doll? I'm Chloe
2: Blackburn.
3: <laughs> and how old are you? Fourteen. Oh, my. All right, big boy.
1: I'm Tyler Kendrick, I go to
2: all six. Number yeah. one short sermon in
3: America right there, buddy. He's got a mom and daddy that's here. I think I think they came tonight. Yeah, there they are over there. And who, who are you, baby?
1: I'm Shaley
2: Burroughs. Go to victory.
3: Oh, isn't that right? So you, you participated in fine arts, didn't you? What did you do? I did five categories. Okay. And you were short sermon? You were in what? Fine arts? What? What did you do? Um, I did a trio and human video. Did you, were you in fine arts? What did you do? Um, vocal solo, songwriting, small, human video, large, and musical theater. Yeah. Huh. And what did you do?
1: A solo and a trio. And a trio. Large, human
2: video, and photography.
3: Okay.
1: A Solo, piano solo, weapon solo, trio, and musical
3: theater. If you're worried about our future, here it is, everybody. Put your hands together. Amen. Thank you for being here. This will be a historical night in the life of your student. Father, in Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you. We give you honor and glory. We have nothing to offer. You have gifted us with students. We want to steward them and point them in the direction of the love of Jesus. Touch every, every school, every single school, and those teachers that are there sharing the light let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, everybody. God bless you. Here we go. God bless you, everybody. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Give us, why don't you give us a song here?